Uh, hello, you're listening to The Dollop. This is an American history podcast. Each week, I read a story to my friend... Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is about. So, uh, this is an Australian uh, podcast, uh, because we're in Australia, and uh, I decided to do an Australian history podcast uh, while we're down here. If we ever go to a country, we will do the history of that country while we were there. Um, our guest was... Uh, is on this episode. He's not dead. Uh, Luke, Luke, Thank God. Luke McGregor, who I have known for about three years and I think is a very, very, very funny comedian. Uh, so he's our guest. Uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulty. Yeah, it had to start a little late. And uh, so the tech guy was very helpful in like getting everything together. So the, there's, it comes in maybe at a little bit of a weird point. but Yeah, it starts, it starts after we're all on stage, basically. Yeah. So that's what you're getting. Yeah. Uh, you're not missing anything. No, Just, I mean, uh, on the contrary, buckle the fuck up. I would buckle the fuck up. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, this same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. God, you want to hit a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gareth. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Missing done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> But this is going to be Australian history. And what I decided to do, because I was going through a lot of Australian history, I decided, let's just give uh, uh, Gary a... Um, Gareth. There it is. This is awkward. This is awkward because it is actually Gareth. It's a Welsh name. It is Gareth? Yes. Yep. That's, that's tough to hear, but yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So I decided for this podcast, 
um, we would just turn off all my nine phones. We, uh, we're just going to give Gary a little uh, refresher. Oh, hey. Ooh. Hello. Hi, how are you? Thank you. Uh, you're terrific. Thank you. I like when people bring oh, me drinks. Lovely. These are all for me. I'd like some, too. Um, Gary, you ordered the... Gareth? Jesus Christ. And you ordered a pure blonde. Hey, how about oh, you? Thanks, you, crazy, <laughs> you crazy racist. Um, got yourself a pure... We both like... Well, he likes German beer. He even drinks racist beer. He wants it pure and blonde. Listen. Just like it was originally going to be called Hitler's Best. <laughs> um, so we're going to give Gary... Minecraft. We're, we're going to give... <laughs> oh, he's all right. He's all right. He can do stuff. This guy, it's kind of funny. Very um, patronizing. We're sharing an apartment right now. Don't touch me with paper. <laughs> sharing an apartment. Just a couple of bros. Um, so we're going to give Gary a little uh, sort of how Australia came to be. The origin story. And then uh, this I'm, is sure the, uh, I'm sure Luke learned all of this in school. Is this the... It's a history podcast. I know, it's just uh, looking forward to making some real zingers on the... Uh, oh boy. On the fun start that Australia had. <laughs> Fingers crossed they don't come back to bite me. It'll be, uh, it'll be good. I can't believe that guy didn't pour this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Life's tough. I mean, yeah. I guess just treat me like that. Yeah. Like a guy who has to pour his own stuff. Oh. oh, and you got to sip it like a regular person, too. That's crazy. Boy, the plight of you. Is this the, this is the uh, origin story. Is this like 40, 50,000 years ago? Or is this, we talking about... October 11th! <laughs> 1738. Oh, boy. <laughs> I wasn't there, just, just for the record. <laughs> Arthur Philip was born in London. He was the second child of Jacob Philip, a German school teacher who taught Arthur to speak five languages. Ah, four more than me. <laughs> and the, uh, the son of Elizabeth, who had previously been married to one Captain Herbert. What who, were the languages? The what? The lang- what were the languages? I, oh, I, I didn't... Uh, Sorry, I, I, to, yeah, I like I, when Luke's here, yeah. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> fuck you, I, uh, Davo. I thought, when I was writing it up, I thought, I should look those up. And then I thought, no one will care. I'm just uh, trying to stall out, before we get to the bad well, stuff. <laughs> uh, single we, bed or double bed? <laughs> we know one was German. Okay. And Your favorite. I, and I know... <laughs> and I'm going to guess the, uh, English, because he's born in London. And then uh, I'm pretty sure one is going to be Portuguese. And probably French, and then the last one. Klingon, Klingon. Yep. Klingon. Reg five. Arthur was a Cockney, so that's your accent you're using today. Oh. Which I assume goes something like, "Hello." Is that why we're doing this part? Because that's the only accent you can sniff around. That's the only one you've gotten close. to? I do all the accents. Not well, offensively. I do uh, Australian. I do Ireland's. Hello. In June of, ni- of, 1950, of 1751, he enrolled in the establishment of poor boys in the Greenwich School for Sons of Seamen. All Ow. sons are from seamen. It's a different uh, meaning of the word, 
but all sons are from semen. You are correct. Yeah. Who? There you go. There, there they are. Oh, they're, they're, we're bonding. Bonding. He was able to get him because he was the relative of a dead or disabled semen. Philip was... There's a lot of those when you finish. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them. <laughs> but the one chosen guy. Philip was an asthmatic kid who suffered from an assortment of mysterious abdominal pains. Cool. Sounds like a good kid. Yeah, that's really fun. fun. After graduating at 15, he was quickly rejected by the Royal Navy as unfit for service. So he got himself on a whaling ship and killed whales for a while. Yeah. <laughs> See where this <laughs> cool. is going. In 1755, <laughs> Philip managed to get into the Navy, but was then discharged on medical grounds the following year. So he got in, and they were like, we were right. You're fucked up. Get out! <laughs> <laughs> then war broke out, and that enabled him to get into the Navy again because they were taking anyone. <laughs> That's gotta be. Come on, you what, sick little fuck. Was his only. So his only problem was the mysterious abdominal pain? Yeah, yeah. He's got a weird abdominal and he's asthmatic, so he's like. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what a pleasure that must be. <laughs> Uh, he served seven years in the war, and then he retired in uh, 1763. He married a rich widower and took up farming and cloth manufacturing. Mm. So he's rolling. They divorced after six years, uh, and then he served in the Portuguese Navy when they were fighting the Spanish. I don't know what happens back then, but apparently you can just go, I'll fight for another country, and off you go. And Get over you... here, mutant. Do it. Let's do this. Come on, you little sickly fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, while in Brazil, he was hit in the face with a heavy tackle and lost his right eye tooth. His, his right... His That's going to come into play later. Wait, he, what did his he right, His right eye tooth. What's his eye tooth? I think it's, it's like blue tooth, but older, right? I think it's that one. <laughs> it's the tooth you have an eye in. Do you guys not have an eye in one of your teeth? Uh, just two up here. Uh, you, huh? What the hell's happening right <laughs> now? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? You, okay, so he lost his right eye tooth. He'll never be the same, whatever the fuck that is. It's gonna come back around! Okay. I can't wait. I'm laying foundation. Very fuck. snappy. Philip was always seeking leave to visit French spas in hopes. <laughs> Just a classic, this is a classic Navy man. Yeah. Oh, I need to go to a French spa. Uh, in hopes they would cure him of his many random ailments. He became captain. He kicked around for a while. He went to India. He saw no action. Then he retired again in 1784. His career could be described as very, very, very unremarkable. Now, in England at this time, they had a criminal problem. Don't look at me. <laughs> the prisons were overflowing. The easiest solution was to just hang people. Yeah, hang out. I get it. <laughs> Another was to grant lots of pardons. Many women were freed unconditionally, and men were pardoned if they agreed to join the army and go kill some Americans. Fuck them, right? That's... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, uh... Magi felt real. <laughs> <laughs> Magistrates continued to impose sentences of transportation. I, I don't know what that... I should have looked that Get up. Get out of jail and drive! Making it clear that the lack of a place to transport people was not their problem. So they would just be like, all right, so you got to get on the transport to go to the wherever you're supposed to go, but there was no place to bring them, and there weren't enough transports, so... That's a good solution. Yeah, it was smart. It worked really well for them. <laughs> um, so uh, 
William Eaton, the Undersecretary of State, came up with a solution. In 1775, he proposed that male prisoners be sent aboard a proper vessel in the river in the uh, usual manner, as if in due course for transportation. So now they're pretending like they're sending them to prison, but they're just putting them on boats. They just put them on boats. Yeah. And just, oh. Oh, there you Good go. Luck. You're on a ship. Where are they going? Oh, they're going to prison at some point. But uh, it's going to be a long journey. That's like what we do with our trash now. That's exactly what yeah. we do with our trash. This allowed everyone to pretend that the inmates were being transported to a prison. So the con- convict hulks were born. The hulks. Wait, okay. So they are sending... They're pr- making them think they're going to another prison. No, they're... No, they're they found like a loophole. Everyone knows what's happening. They're just not... There's not enough prisons. So they're like, we'll put them on a boat. And that boat is going to the prison, but it's never going to the prison. So the boat Everyone, is just... No one's being tricked. Everyone's like, yeah, they're uh, on so boats. everybody's just, you It's know. a big fucking lie. Everyone yeah. is acting like that's a thing. Everyone's just, it's kind of like a wink. But they're not yeah, going they're anywhere. They're just, they just, they just, just going around the boats. Yeah, so they're just sitting on a boat that's just going... It's like the love boat, but with prisoners. Prisoners. <laughs> okay. All right, good plan. Good talk. Um, the, uh, these boats became England's... L- First, long-term prisons. They remained in service until 1853. The, the inmates were chained uh, and were poorly clothed and fed. No fire or candles were allowed at night because the ships were made of wood. It would be fun to uh, really clothe one of the prisoners well. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you get that top hat, man? I don't know. They just put it on me. <laughs> Shaking him down. <laughs> I like that he's going to be the Monopoly guy. Yeah. I don't have money. Stay away, you savages. Why do you have a monocle and a top hat? They made me. They made me. I hate it. <laughs> uh, bathing was prohibited as unwholesome. Bathing was prohibited. These are. This is a great boat. Oh, the smell. A- and the sick were piled together on beds. The sick were piled together. <laughs> Perfect. Roomies! <laughs> okay, we got another sick one. No, there's already four of us. At least put the guy with the diarrhea on the bottom. <laughs> he's, he's the most sick. <laughs> That's like a totem pole of ill. <laughs> <laughs> and the sick bays were positioned upstream so that the waste of the disease drifted past oh. the healthy, which then made the healthy not healthy. Uh, Make room in the bed! 28% of inmates died between August 1776 and uh, March 1778. So that's a pretty big rate. But in a way, that's probably what they, they were fine with. Oh, yeah, that, no, right? they, were, they like, were like, oh, good news. Let's get those numbers up, though. <laughs> and these, these are prisons that, like, we're talking like loaf of bread and stuff like that. Like, well, some of them were, I guess, hard, but some of them were just did middle. middle oh, yeah, and a lot of them did little tiny shit. Little tiny They're stuff. Like, uh, yeah, a lot of these people are like, you looked at my dog weird. <laughs> <laughs> What are you? That would be a great crime. <laughs> it was a weird dog. Come yeah. on. Get on the boat. No. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> I'd do it again. If I had it all back, I'd do it again. Dog had a really weird tail. <laughs> I'd do it again. Uh, this was also a, a time of enormous social unrest. In England, the Industrial Revolution was taken off, and... Uh, Englishmen were rioting over everything. They rioted over the they rioted over the price of fish. Fuck yeah, we did. During the food riots, uh, they rioted over theaters ending half price admission after the second act. 
Uh, yeah, you're over rioting if that's what you're rioting. You're just what looking you to riot. It's full price. Let's get them, boys. You're out of vinegar. Riot! 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 Another riot! The vinegar riot. Come on, the vinegar riot. Weird dog riot. <laughs> they rioted over work conditions during England's first cross-industry wage strikes, and prostitutes uh, went on strike against the profiteering of their pimps. We're on strike. That's it. No more pussy. We're stri- <laughs> Not for you. <laughs> We're riding over the... There's no pussy now. Just a confused guy who hates cats is with him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the pussy riot. <laughs> <laughs> In 1780, they rioted over the repeal of laws that prevented Catholics from serving in the armed forces. (laughs) That's loaded. Uh, A 50,000 strong mob burned down the houses of wealthy Catholics and released thousands of prisoners. And that's why we release smoke when the new pope's named, right? Yes. Good. Yes. Thank you. the social unrest combined with the return of 160,000 now unemployed soldiers from the defeat at the hands of the Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, you guys should have tried it. Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, so that led to a spike in the crime rate, and now the British needed to find a new place to put their criminals. The what- end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more pages, it looks like. Just credits. Yeah, just the credits. It's the bibliography. Uh, yeah, it's all footnotes from here yeah. on out. Uh, now the British needed to find a new place to put their criminals. In 1779, a parliamentary committee considered possible new sites. One Joseph Banks recommended Botany Bay for its European climate and fertile soil. But that was weird because he had been to Australia and previously described it as the most barren country he had ever seen. Hmm. Banks also suggested that the land need not be purchased from the, quote, naked, treacherous, and extremely cowardly natives. As they were nomadic and would happily just go off. Well... If America, I mean, America did that. And we it set worked. the example. Yeah, it worked. we set the, the bar pretty you just high. Walk, you just show up and you go, hey, we're here now. And they go, Woo. Yeah. No, you're just like, and they you want off. some turkey? And then you stab them. Yeah. Yeah. How about some blankets? Yeah. <laughs> Too soon, uh, David. <laughs> Lord. There'd be, there'd be so many, like, less issues like what we're about to describe if there was just uh, some sort of inbuilt universal way to say uh, we already live here <laughs> that's really what just like a sign yeah like. and all he, all humans get it oh it's yeah okay Hearts. sorry sorry yeah. turn around turn someone's around. already here yeah yeah it'd be great if you could just do that now if you could just walk into an apartment and just be like yeah mine so <laughs> the fuck yeah. out leave the woman <laughs> um, well, the British 
the parliament uh, wasn't sold on the idea, so they tried to send convicts to fight in wars in Africa, but it turns out that when you give a bunch of convicts weapons... Uh, no, them, turn- them, 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 <laughs> no, them! Yeah, yeah, that didn't work out very well. Yeah, they were like, yeah. oh, thanks, fuck you! Now, wait a second. <laughs> now, hold on a second here. Um, America didn't want uh, the criminals because they had uh, slaves. They were like, no, we're good. Uh, we're pretty chock full of this shit over here. So uh, we kind of figured out a great system of our own. Yeah, we feel we're really gonna good own about people. it. Yeah. We're going to own them. Uh, so uh, they tried to pawn, pawn them off on the Portuguese as slaves, but the Portuguese were just like, no. Uh, finally, they said fuck it, and they decided to send the criminals to Botany Bay. And the, Luke yeah, McGregor sorry, was wait. born. <laughs> Botany Bay's here. <laughs> I knew it. Now, you left a lot of clues on where it was, David. <laughs> Didn't take me that long. Now they needed a man to run things in, in their new colony, convict slash place. Uh, they asked quite a few able and respected officers to take charge, but they all were like, no. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. And so they settled Dr. On, the, on the very mediocre Arthur Phillip. Ah, <laughs> uh, with his stomach pain, his bad breathing, yep. and no eye tooth on the right. Whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> he was named the first governor of New South Wales. The first shipment of criminals was to be about 70 female convicts and a few wives of Marines, with the remaining 1,400 human cargo to be men. The That's first part- 70 women and 1,400 men. Uh, yeah. How's your, how's your math? <laughs> just Good enough to know what's up. Absolutely spammed on Tinder. Let's just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, because sending 70 women to an island does sound like a reality show. Like, it I, does. I like what I'm hearing. But then 70 women... And then, yeah, and then you've and got then over, 1,400 savages. Yeah, uh, like 1,500 just dicks. Well, that's what happens when the ratings dip. You're like, all right, fine, just send 1,400 men. <laughs> You would hope oh my God! Look what's happening. It'd be nice if, like, they all could, it went the other way and they are all like they were competed to be the biggest gentleman. Uh, that'd be great. <laughs> Sorry. If they, Welcome uh, to the biggest gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> Philip questioned the numbers. Why? And the heads of a plan. That was a guy whose title was The Heads of, the the heads of a Plan. <laughs> Hello, I'm Heads of a Plan. Okay. I'm Vice Heads of a Plan. I work under him. Uh, the Heads of a Plan agreed that the, the, numbers, the numbers could lead to homosexuality. What? Why? You get a bunch of dudes there's on an seven, island. Dave, there's 70 women. <laughs> Duh. Okay, they have three holes each. Yep. It's math! I'm doing math! There's 24 hours in a day. <laughs> Let's get our pie okay, graphs out. We're going to figure out how to... Carry the nine. Sort that the works. holes. And Plus two hands. So let's keep... <laughs> right. So five, uh, okay. five release things. Okay. <laughs> Philip uh, proposed that any con- colonist convicted of sodomy would be delivered to, quote, the natives of New Zealand and let them eat what? them. Wait, all right. Wait, let them what them? 
if some guy got caught fucking another dude, they'd send him to New Zealand, and that, and then the New Zealanders would just eat the guy. <laughs> Whether they wanted to or not, apparently, they'd drop the dude off, and the New Zealanders would be like, oh, we don't eat people. They're like, that's your job! What? Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> yeah. Did they, did they send both? Who were both of them, or just the one... Oh, back? that's a good question. Uh, yeah, I assume if guy... you're the receiver, uh, that they that guy would be sent. But that... the guy who did it, they'd be like, "Well, it's... he's like, I was picturing one of the seventy women the whole time. I swear to God." Like <laughs> the guy had long hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Philip decided to make use of the prostitutes that he had. Writing of the female prisoners, quote, it may be best if the most abandoned are permitted to receive the visits of the convicts in the limits allotted them at certain hours. Wait. So he just was sending, he was sending a bunch of prostitutes to be like, so just fuck them. They're whores. Go ahead and have at them. That's what he was saying. He was like, they're dirty, dirty, he, dirty But these women. are uh, the 70 women or he's sending reinforcement whores? <laughs> As I call I, them, reinhormans. Because the seventy. <laughs> no, he he gets more. He gets, he, so he he's gets just, some more. He's and, like dropping uh, a big crate of whores on the right. island, like it's aid. He's like these women like it. Uh, he also thought he might pick up some women uh, at the friendly islands, uh, Tonga or Tahiti. So he thought he'd pull up in a ship and be like, "You guys want to get fucked?" Uh, <laughs> Sounds like he's creating the Fanta girls. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Me either. Let's keep going. <laughs> Just to be on the safe side, he collected an extra 100 female prisoners from county prisons and permitted 25 wives and mothers of convicts to join the fleet. So 25 wives. So those women are not convicts. So they're the first, they're the first free settlers, these women. That's a, good, that's a really nice way of putting it. The free settlers. Lucky girls. Yeah. yeah. How about the mothers that are like, I don't want to live without my Bobby. Yeah. Let's go to that fucking prison island. <laughs> On the voyage over, Admiral Middleton decided the prisoners should only get two-thirds of rations of the Marines because they would most, mostly just be chained up in the dark. So they didn't need they're as much food and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're not moving around and no. jumping and jumping. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, he also wanted to charge extra for the weevils in the flour, calling them protein. <laughs> this, is a very, this is a very positive plan. I like, there's a lot of, a lot of shine on this. <laughs> uh, Phillips actually stuck up for the prisoners and demanded equal rations, decent food, and clothes. Philip was also asked for rum for his soldiers, but was denied because Lord Sidney wanted New South Wales to be a dry colony. It worked. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, of the three dollops I have written in Australia, two of them, a lot of it is about uh, drinking. <laughs> ah, really? Okay, all right. <laughs> Um, so, uh, the so Marines... How, wait, sorry, how many women are we talking about now? I don't total? know, I think it's the exact like 70, number, but it's like... We've got, like, the wives. You got, like, 70, you got, like, about 200 women, 200. Okay, about 200, 1,400, okay. Yep, All 1,400 right. men to 200 We're women. There. Well, getting closer. Yep, warmer. Uh, still gonna be some problems. No way, not on the dollop. <laughs> uh, the Marines threatened to mutiny, 
uh, over the rum, and Sydney agreed that they should be allowed to drink, but only for the first three years of settlement. Oh, yeah. And then it would become a dry... Wait. Uh, <laughs> that really... That's like a continent equivalent of, I'll just have one. I'll do one. It's, uh, it's, like, it's like having the bar close. At a, the yeah. bar closes at three, uh, so, but they're just doing that with the whole place. Yeah, yeah, forever. Okay, guys, last call. They just turn all the lights on. Forever, last call. Uh, the convicts were not, given, were not to be given any liquor at all. Smart. Just the Marines could drink, so that's, that's going to go great. They set sail on May 13, 1787. Philip had asked only for, quote, healthy young men and breeding women for his colony. And breedy women? Breeding. Breeding. Breeding, ones you could... Breeding. You, oh, I think you said put breed. your... Yeah, no, I know, I get it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what do you do? You... <laughs> Luke, show him. <laughs> uh, he was also given uh, Dorothy Handelin, an 82-year-old perjurer, and Elizabeth Beckford, a 70-year-old cheese thief. They've got me cheese! I'm gonna live large! Get her, oh, get no. her, get her, grab her! Oh, it's so hard to run with cheese when you're 70. She's got brie all over herself. <laughs> the youngest convict was John Hudson, a 13-year-old chimney sweep who had been in prison since the age of nine. What? <laughs> the fuck? What? Why? The fuck? Never, I couldn't find out why. Uh, They're just a bunch of cunts. Nine? You just put a nine-year-old in prison, and they're like, ah, well, fuck it. Uh, send him to that island. How do you plead? I'm nine. I plead, yeah, I plead nine. Uh, most of, most of the... Because uh, people, fun. I guess it wasn't, like, because people knew, like, because when you read this stuff, you assume that everyone in that era was like, okay, that's normal, but there must have been some people going... He's nine. Yeah. Like, Somebody had to be like, but he's a child. He's a child. <laughs> Although back then, I guess he was halfway through his life. It just, yeah, it just seemed like every, everybody was out for themselves and no one gave a shit about anybody back then. Because you know how, I don't want to give it political, but assume climate change ends up botanist in the bird. They're going to look at our period and gay marriage and all that as if like we were cool with that. So it's like, yeah, we don't want gays to get married. Like, I feel like... We're going to get blamed. I feel like everyone back then, too. There must be some people going, this is crazy. He's nine. This is crazy. People just staring blankly at him going. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at my dog weird. <laughs> I don't, well, you'd get I don't, banished to an island for stealing cheese, I, I, don't too, what, so. I don't know what my point is, but uh, carry on. <laughs> You're pro-gay marriage. <laughs> I'm pro-gay marriage. Most of the first... Fleeters were thieves. Edward Perkins stole a chicken. John Price, a goose. And Harry Vincent, a cask of currants. Nicholas English stole hair powder. John Nichols stole actual hair. With their powers combined. <laughs> William Francis was transported for seven years for stealing a book entitled A Summary Account of the Flourishing State of the Island of Tobago. Off with you! Yeah. You like islands, do you? <laughs> William Bryce received the same penalty for stealing a mirror. 
I like to think one of them had like an actual super heist crime planned, and they go, "All right, now we just need a chicken." <laughs> <laughs> Got to get the chicken. <laughs> Maybe this was a gang. Yeah. And they were uh, yeah. He, they were all stealing the one thing yeah. to eventually commit a bigger crime. Yeah. Uh, you like, get okay, the powder. You're on chicken. Yeah. Ed, chicken. John, goose. <laughs> ha- Harry, get the currants. Nicholas, hair powder. Not again. John, you get the actual hair. <laughs> uh, Francis, you get the book. And Bryce, uh, grab the mirror. And uh, nine-year-old, you just stay here. <laughs> Sounds like a scavenger hunt. It does. A fun one. Of the uh, 759 convicts, 28 had committed no crime other than handkerchief thief. Theft. <laughs> but in their defense. Handkerchief theft. They stole handkerchiefs. Crikey, one day I'm going to get myself a handkerchief. <laughs> Someday. Ooh, I feel pretty special now. Yeah, yeah. Got me a hanky. Imagine blowing your nose into something that's not your hand. Oh. Crikey, that'll be the day. That'll be the day. Oh, fuck You'll me. see, I'll come back. You'll all be going. There he is with his nice yep. handkerchief. Well, I come back to this shit town, I'll have a hanky. Yeah. And you'll look at me like the god I am. All hail King Hanky! Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck me! Oh, uh, when oh, I come back, I'll have a new Hanky. Oh, I've that snot and whatnot. There might have been a, a rich guy in the street who like just hated his neighbours, and he's like, "I'll give you a hundred bucks if you go get me a chicken." And <laughs> uh, slowly, by he had the whole street to himself. <laughs> um. Another 78 had stolen goods that included handkerchiefs, and a further 225 stole other cloth goods. What the fuck? There were French convicts, American convicts, Jewish convicts, 16 convicts of African descent, including Thomas Chaddock, a Jamaican who had rebelled against the British imperialism by vandalizing 12 cucumber plants. (laughs) Savage. Take this, you Uh, Brits! He would have have tagged them. (laughs) <laughs> Cucumber suck. Yes. Who did this? <laughs> Banksy. You. <laughs> uh, the male convicts came from a variety of professions, uh, while most of the female were domestic servants or, quote, single woman of no trade. Hmm. Historians have argued forever about how many prostitutes were part of the load. Prostitution was not actually a transportable offense. So prostitutes were frequently found guilty of other crimes like stealing their clients' handkerchiefs. God damn it, what is going on? (laughs) Philip held female convicts in particular contempt, complaining that many had, quote, diseases of longstanding had been discharged from the venereal disease hospitals as incurable, and that, quote, these disease-ridden and abandoned wretches became the mothers of Australia. There were venereal de- disease hospitals. But that's made, that's made it so Australians are completely immune to all STDs. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. And that's why the koalas got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> koalas got chlamydia, who, nobody else. Who fucked a koala? What? Who fucked a koala? Oh, okay. I thought Look you said at I how little them. and pretty they are. <laughs> One of the fleet sets, once the fleet set sail, the convicts were allowed to stroll about the ship. The boundaries between criminals and free people quickly slipped away. 
The hatches were removed from the female prisoners' quarters for reasons of health and comfort. And many women would soon sport new handkerchiefs. What the fuck is the going on? The fleet's currency for fucking. They, they were fucking for handkerchiefs. What is with a handkerchief? <laughs> How when runny were their noses? Yeah. What, They're very soft. Everyone had hay fever. But what? <laughs> There's a lot of hay fever out there. <laughs> Still. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Among those Marines whose families were on board, discontent was growing. The Navy board had allocated their wives and children significantly less rations than Philip had arranged for convict families. They began to bide their time. Philip arrived at Botany Bay on the 18th of January, 1878. That can't be right. 1778. Sure. I'm happy if you skip ahead some of the stuff. I just jumped ahead. Are you guys cool if I just jump ahead 100 years? It was a 100-year voyage. Uh, He crossed a time barrier. Would you stop and ask for directions? (laughs) This is ridiculous. I was born here. (laughs) He had lost only 2% of his convicts, which was considered a very good rate at the time. The livestock had not fared so well. Many of the sheep had died of seasickness, and the chickens had taken out the goats when their coop was blown into the goat pen during a storm. I'm going to need you to run that one back. What, the, sorry? Was I the chickens It was what? the first goat the uh, chicken, chicken war. The chickens? Mm-hmm. What? Okay, the sheep died of seasickness. They were like, Which makes oh, sense. We weird. all know don't take sheep on a boat. And the chickens had taken out the goats had when they're... Had taken them out? When they're we have <laughs> a very particular set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> they... <laughs> I... I if I was a wagering man, right. I'd put my money on the goats. Yeah. Well, I, I think that the chickens are like all pushing against the coop. They're like, heave, heave, heave. And then it fell on the goats. And, and the they would have like, one would have jumped on its head and like laid an egg to blind it. Right. And then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... Philip wasn't worried about the loss of livestock because Joseph Banks had promised that Botany Bay was a land full of all kinds of edibles and the land was ready for a planting. Uh, he had a whole two years of food ready to go, so it shouldn't be a problem. How many handkerchiefs did he bring? Whoa. <laughs> Upon landing, Philip realized that Banks was a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> The, the land at Botany Bay was sandy or a swamp, and there was almost no fresh water. The bay was too shallow to safely moor ships, and, quote, every part of the ground was covered with huge black and red ants. Uh, to be able to see his face when he gets there. This fucking takes forever. What Chickens the? are killing goats. And he's like, once we get there, man, I hear it's beautiful. It's going to be great. It's going to be what the A fucking fuck? ants. There's ants all over me. There's fucking ants on me. <laughs> oh, there were also these things called aboriginal people already living there. Banks uh, said they would dash off, but they did no such thing. Philip tried to win them over by giving them paper and other shit. Uh, <laughs> the aboriginal people did not believe many of the Englishmen were actually men because they did not have beards. So one Englishman was forced to drop his pants and show them his junk. Uh All right, look, seriously? Fuck you. Look, I have one. (laughs) I just shave. 
be, I have a dick. It'd be great if he just like jumped the gun. Like if they were like if there were so many steps in between. He's like, I'll just show him my dick. <laughs> See? <laughs> so they're off to a great. You could have just grown a beard. That's a fair point. Okay. That's a fair point. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Uh, then suddenly, a hundred Frenchmen, under the command of Jean Francois de Galoupe, oh, Comte de La Parouse, fuck oh. that. You know, fuck you, you long-named French asshole. Sorry, I, I didn't had a catch, heart. I didn't catch the name. <laughs> Jean Francois de Galoupe, Comte de La Parouse. Uh-huh. You can't say it without shitting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Philip said, fuck it, and sailed off to another harbor up the coast. Philip named the new harbor after Lord Sidney. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, great Didn't guy. stick. Yeah. <laughs> did what? No, did stick. It's called Sidney. <laughs> this is where he would build the new society. He came up with some great ideas. First, no money because convicts like to steal it. <clears throat> then, no alcohol and tobacco because, well, just because. It was to be a society without shops or trade where the state would provide equal rations for every man, whether felon or free, and there would be communal farms to feed the people. So he was, it was the first giant hippie commune <laughs> with convicts. Wait, they couldn't have alcohol? No alcohol, no tobacco. Can I have alcohol? Is there anybody to get another beer? Hey, what you, Gareth wants another Heineken. Can I also have another beer? It doesn't have to be a pure blonde. It could be any beer. I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> Stick to your master race of beers. Uh, the con- uh, I couldn't think of it in time. Asahi. <laughs> You've really swung in the other direction now. Oh. Well, I mean, they were. Uh, they did fight with the Nazis. Anything. <clears throat> so, um, I mean, you are still on the other side of the war. Uh, so nicely done. Oh, okay. What about, yeah, what about, right. no, what about right. a Peroni? Yeah. No, no, that's right. Asians are Asians are Aryans. You're right, David. I'm sorry. You know what happened in World War II, right? Yeah. We've saved it. <laughs> we fixed everything. <laughs> the convicts were not down with the rules, and about 400 quickly scurried off into the bush and tried to hitch a ride back to Europe with the French. The Marines, like Major Robert Ross and Lieutenant Clark, hated the convicts. They weren't about to go round them up. They were not thrilled with the actions of the men and women, and the convicts had celebrated landing in Australia by unloading the female prisoners and having an orgy. All right. All right, all right, yeah. Lieutenant Clark wrote of the newly erected women's camp, quote, I would call it by the name of Sodom, for there is more sin committed in it than any other part of the world. I'm picturing the, you know, in the second Matrix film where they first see the the The, city? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. everyone's like, it's it's an obscure reference. Uh, (laughs) Like I brought the film. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, 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 you keep going. No, no, no. <laughs> I, think I, I think I nailed it and I'm ready to move on. <laughs> Scurvy and dysentery ripped through the camp. Nice. By March, Surgeon White's wooden hospital held over 200 patients. Crazy rains tore through the settlers' huts and tents. Philip's house was neither wind nor waterproof, and the governor developed a pain in his kidneys that would stay with him for his life. But he had all... That's just another one. It's just another place to like hold. And yeah, go, he's just like, oh, French spa. <laughs> <laughs> Rats attacked the first crops of wheat and corn, and the few surviving crops yielded almost no grain. 
All but one of the fleet's five cows escaped. What? It's a fucking cow. Guys, I'll provide a distraction. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. A dancing cow. Five cows? Five cows. Watch out for the chickens. Now there's one. Oh, the one cow left attempted to kill anyone who tried to milk it, and so they (laughs) shot it. Smart. 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 It's a good good start. Smart. You got to shoot it. (laughs) Blow flies... Bad weather, poor forage, and dingoes wiped out 69 of Philip's 70 sheep. I love how they just Jesus. end up with one of every animal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like Noah, but they're like, fuck, we forgot about the other one. The colony's hogs were encouraged to roam outside the new town's boundaries where the aboriginal people were like, hey, dinner. <laughs> like, look at these fucking giant things of meat that are coming towards us. So then the hogs were moved closer to the town because they were getting eaten, and then they just were breaking into huts and eating all the colonists' food. Did, wait, they, they the, started eating the people and then moved to the food? No, the, 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 the pigs were getting eaten by the, the, oh, the, pigs. the, the okay. natives. So they and, weren't, then, they weren't. and then they were like, all right, bring them closer to the, to the town, and then they had them in the town, and then the pigs started eating all the people's food. Weren't they okay. full from all the people who had um, anal sex? The... What, what? <laughs> I remember going back a little. Uh, how they were eating all the... Yeah, they were supposed to eat the people who... Yeah. Do you not read them earlier? You read it. You read it. There's not a thing. They were supposed to eat the people... Who had the man on man Remember? <laughs> the ones who couldn't find the ladies? Oh. Yeah. Well, that's the New Zealanders. Don't say yeah like you, know, you fucking know everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm staying on story. I'm still. I'm. I'm on this continent. Anyway, let's get back to the second major. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, food theft escalated. Thomas Hill stole some bread and was punished with a diet of bread and water for a week. Wait, wait, what? wait. He's like, yeah, boom. Exactly what I wanted, and water. It's all upside. I, it's yeah. Some good, good punishment. Uh, that did not work. <laughs> he got greedy. <laughs> and then Philip started hanging people. So he was like, okay, you stole some bread. Fuck you. Here's some bread. And, and then he was like, well, that didn't work. So let's kill him. Like, no in between. Zero to 60. Zero, zero to 60. <laughs> All or nothing. Thomas Brett, who had stolen butter, peas, and pork, was the first to hang. Even though they weren't allowed to drink, alcohol abuse was through the roof. Sailors and Marines traded hard liquor for soft comforts. Convicts broke into wine stores, and there were numerous attempts at home brewing. Fights over alcohol were common, as were floggings for public intoxication. The convicts soon realized they were doing all the work, and if they didn't, shit went pear-shaped. So, they refused to work standard hours, insisting on a system under which they would hoe 88 yards a day. By 1792, they had negotiated this down to 38 yards a day. Some good negotiating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no one would build Reverend Johnson a church, but the colonists enthusiastically erected taverns and brothels. It's my kind of town. <laughs> the Aboriginal people of the area were known as the Yura. I said that right, right? Yura? Do you guys even know? What? Eora? Well, it's spelled Eora, but I was told it was, you say it, Eora. 
Really? She's fucking pissed about it. So, so, so when I, when I actually go and research how to say a fucking word, Dave. it turns out it's wrong. Because I always say words wrong, and I would have said the Eora. So I would have said it right, and then I get all this paper like, what do you fucking say words right? And then I go and figure it out, and it's fucking wrong. <laughs> Those beers aren't coming, are they? My show's called oh, Hothead, by the way. Um, my show's Hothead, 7 of, uh, 715, Greek Center. <laughs> it's like this, but about his family. <laughs> so the Eora, okay. The Eora marked a boy's transition to manhood by removing an eye tooth. Well, don't look at me like that. That doesn't tell me what it is. The fuck is it? It doesn't matter what it is. It, does it just matters that his is gone. No, what if it's fuck like, you? What if it's like a toe hair? Does anybody know what an eye tooth is? Oh, it the is a pointy one. So it's what I said. So it's do you have the, two or do you have one? Just missing one eye tooth. One eye but tooth. why is it the eye tooth? They would it's remove. Under the eye? They would. Is that why it's under the eye? It's oval shaped. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, the oval tooth. Yep. It's cool. Uh, I just like to point out that you guys don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, so they would remove an eye tooth, and this exact tooth of Philip was missing, so they believe Philip to be an initiated Eora warrior returned from the dead. Uh, oh, finally. Oh, it's all coming together. And if you had stomach pain and asthma, you were the chosen one. <laughs> oh, does your kidney hurt? You're a wizard! It's the one we've read about. He's here. Philip wanted to make nice with the Aborigines because if they wanted to, they could kill the colonists. Now, okay. am I, is it okay? I don't know what words are proper. Is Aborigine an okay word to say? Okay. Uh, Was that by all the Aboriginals in the room? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or... <laughs> I, I actually think Aboriginal is wrong, too. I think, he's, I think even... Uh, I, you know, I'm just going to... No, no, no. Close your mouth. <laughs> Sorry. Do it. Do it, Luke. Can I have a beer? <laughs> have Adam. Oh, did the beer... No, we didn't get any beers. Can we get a couple of beers for the fellas? Um, More horses for the men? Okay, so they think he's something big. And so he wants to make friendly with them, you know, because they could, if they wanted to, just overrun the, the village and kill them all. And he wanted to know which Yora uh, had the deed to the land so he could buy it <clears throat> with blankets and mirrors. <laughs> he's like a magician. <laughs> now, the French had bailed by this time, and on the way out, they had shot a few of the Yora, uh, which made them a tad skeptical of all white guys. Meanwhile, the convicts, who were super into being criminals, had started <laughs> raiding the Eora huts. Uh, they traded... Oh, thank, oh, thank you, you so thank much. You. It's tremendous. Much. They <laughs> traded Aboriginal tools and weapons for rum rations and clothing with visiting sailors who took the artifacts back to Britain as souvenirs. Uh, in contrast, an Aboriginal man who stole two shovels uh, was shot. So there's a little bit of a different uh, justice system. The Eora were also made up of a bunch of different tribal groups who often fought with each other. Philip wanted one guy to be in charge of the Eora, so he sent one Lieutenant Johnson who nominated a Eora ambassador by clubbing him over the head, tying him up, and kidnapping him in a rowboat. It's mm. a fun <clears throat> ceremony. This would be the ambassador. Uh, <laughs> the new ambassador would not tell Philip his name. So he was called Manly. 
Philip invited Ambassador Manley to lunch and then had him tied up in Philip's backyard. So this guy was just like, you just keep tying me up? That's well, he's point. ambassador. Oh, right. <laughs> Man- Manley then finally revealed that his name was Arabanu, and then he caught smallpox and died. That's why you don't tell people your name. <laughs> Half of the Eora were wiped out by smallpox in 1789. Is there just a like, big... It's so great that you guys do the same thing we did. Uh, it's so nice. Is there a big pox? <laughs> You don't want to know. Yeah, that's true. In Sydney, a new society was taking shape. Convicts were getting into relationships. The Marines started shacking up with some prostitutes. Lieutenant Philip King started banging his housekeeper. David Collins, the colony's deputy judge advocate, hooked up with a prostitute, and they had a couple of kids. Meanwhile, Philip was sort of missing records on when convict sentences should end. Dave, you can have the honor system. (laughs) Just ask him nice. (laughs) <laughs> Plus, he really needed to keep them working. Also, the Marines had now split into two factions. Captain Watkin Trench and Lieutenant William Dawes led a group that wanted to work for the benefit of the colony and build relationships with the Eora. Dawes went as far as to actually produce a dictionary of their language. But other ma- Marines were led by Major Ross. Ross had already figured out a way to have a second salary by appointing his nine-year-old son second lieutenant of the Marines. (laughs) Uh, Oh, my God. That needs to be a sitcom. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking nine-year-old God. And and yet, Ross was still pissed. He was pissed that his Marines were subject to the laws created by Philip rather than to military discipline. And when seven of his men were hanged for stealing from the food stores... Ross told the Marines to boycott jury duty. Well, you're really showing them there. Yeah. <laughs> Hit them where it hurts. <laughs> Killed my guys. Yeah. Well, jury duty is over, my friend. And now right everybody the... boycotts jury duty. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, and, but that would have destroyed the colony's legal system. So Philip then created a convict police force who were super into arresting Ross's soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> Ross lost his shit. Philip banished Ross to Norfolk Island, where it was hoped he would do no further harm. But he was Ross. There he created a new legal system. Whenever a pig died, a formal colonial inquiry was held. Unless a natural cause of death could be established, all the convicts were punished. Jesus. Oh, wow. Huh? <laughs> so, You'd be like putting butter on the pigs, like, stay up now. You're a good boy. <laughs> Stay so, healthy. If a pig died, I don't know how, if they had like a pig autopsy, like how they knew yeah, the pig that, died of natural guy. causes. Okay. They're, I think they got the lady from Bones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've got like a little chalk outline over the pig. <laughs> the rookie's vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> Your latte, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Ross also gave land to teams of convicts and offered prizes to those who gave him the most corn. The I'm convict realized it was easier to just raid each other's crops. <laughs> they're shrewd. They're We're going to have a corn contest! <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> One day, while transporting uh, Ross, Captain John Hunter ran Philip's largest ship, the Sirius, onto Norfolk Island's reef. Convicts sent to salvage the wreck. They were sent to, you know, go out there and salvage everything on the Sorry, ship. He, his ship was called the Sirius? Uh, yeah. 
It's not that serious. It's <laughs> the other one. Um, so they sent convicts out to salvage the wreck, but they just took the rum and set the ship on fire. <laughs> same thing. The same thing. Oh, oh, we should have sent the Marines. Uh, hey, where's the bad... ship? Where's what? <laughs> With a ship? What's that? <laughs> Holy fuck, it's hot. No ship. <clears throat> ship be fine, man. Ship be fun, fine. So that was the end of the colony supply ship. And Sydney was now running out of food. Philip ordered the colony's dwindling supply of seed grain to be soaked in tubs of urine to deter theft. What? <clears throat> There's got to be a better way. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, I'll just piss on it. Give me that handkerchief. I mean... <laughs> It's I don't I don't understand it because yeah if you're pissing on it it's yeah you're it's ruined you, that, no but I guess you're saying well we're not ruining it because we can still cook with it but if you can still cook with it then people will be like I'm still gonna take it yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah really what big. I'm saying is shit on it maybe he had a close mate who just had like a tub of urine business and he's like you got to help me out man <laughs> come on man I invested everything into this. <laughs> My wife's all over me. Please. The Kickstarter's failing. Yeah, please. All I've got is piss. <laughs> oh, fuck. Just tubs and tubs. Maybe, can we figure something out? Is there anything like a... you need pissed on? Anything. <laughs> there really is no logic to doing that. The... Nope. All right. Uh, Good talk. Maybe there's been like a jellyfish attack or something, but it never came. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> the convicts still did not refrain from stealing and eating the, the grain. Yeah. This is good pissy. Mm. Mm. Clothing you really was really taste the pass. <laughs> Gorgeous. Clothing was also in short supply. Convicts worked naked to preserve their tattered clothes, and Philip ordered a shoe embargo. Oh, I've got one more tub of urine joke. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the guy got rich in the end. <laughs> but you might know it as Foster's. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it is a big can of piss. <laughs> Thanks. It's worth going to jail, huh? In 1789, King George III pardoned all of the women on death row and ordered their transportation to New South Wales. They hoped this would stop the coming issue of impending homosexuality uh, David, in Australia. David, David, we could have had better phrasing there. I disagree. I very much disagree. <laughs> the Lady Juliana set sail. The ship steward reported that most of the women on board were streetwalkers and that when we were fairly out to sea, every man on board took a wife. The floating brothel, as the Lady Juliana came to be known, arrived in Sydney in June 1790 after one of the slowest convict voyages of all time. <laughs> they were just fucking. She had stopped at numerous ports along the way so that the prostitutes could make some cash and her officers could claim a slice of the action. When the ship arrived, the Sydney colonists were distraught at the arrival of a cargo so unnecessary because they needed food. <laughs> <laughs> you said pussy! 
<laughs> a starship turned We're up. We're pissing on our food right now. <laughs> Do you understand? Yes, we can fuck. All right, I'll fuck them. A starship turned up two weeks later, but their joy was soon shattered by the arrival of the remaining three ships of the second fleet. The British had hired some private slave traders to ship this new batch of convicts, but there was no incentive to deliver them alive to New South Wales. What? No. They, ju they just paid them to put them on the boats, but they, didn't, they weren't going to pay them for how many they took off the boat. Oh, cool. The, slaves, the slavers realized they wouldn't have to hire as many guards if they changed the, chained the convicts together. This also meant they didn't need warm clothes because they wouldn't be wandering about the ship deck. Their possessions were tossed overboard to make space for food. They also gave them the least amount of food possible, so convicts started eating their own bandages. Oh, my God. You guys came from some fucked up shit. <laughs> it Eating bandages? I mean... It's a real it's... Hail Mary. <laughs> when the ships arrived in Sydney, it was a horror show. About a quarter of the convicts were dead. Emancipated corpses were tossed over the side. Skeleton-like men covered in lice and bed wounds crawled out onto the deck before dying in the sun. Others died as they were loaded onto rowboats in agony from scurvy. The ship's captains sold the dead convicts' rations to the colonists. Britain was not pleased. <laughs> What, what did they expect? <laughs> well, Captain uh, Donald Trail of the Neptune was put on trial for cruelty and murder, but was acquitted after Lord Nelson said he was a pretty cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, a nine-year-old was hanged. <laughs> Plus, the captains were needed because the government had just commissioned the same slave traders to transport another 1,800 convicts to Jesus New South Wales. Christ. Oh you guys can do that again, right? That, was, that, that worked out okay, First right? First one was pretty good. We worked out the kinks. <laughs> Your Honor, look at him. He's wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Back in Sydney, Philip was still trying to find an Aboriginal ambassador. He kept kidnapping them and tying them up in his backyard. But they kept dying. Oh, my He's, God. Ambassadors are terrible. Uh, but then one finally stayed alive. His name was... Oh, uh, you're an Australian. Why don't you go ahead and read that name uh, at the Dave, top of the... Uh, go ahead and read that name at the top of the... Uh, uh, you're Australian. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. His name was... Um, Woolaware? Bonder? <laughs> Bud... I'm sorry. <laughs> he had an I'm sorry in his name? Bud a Bunda. It's a nickname. Uh -huh. That's what he had on his jacket. Wagatrari... That's still got... It's Benelbong. But they, uh, but they, they called him Stan. <laughs> I want to try. Uh, oh man! Boinda Buddle Please tell me you got to say that name a couple more times. Oh, I didn't say the first name. Woolaware Boinda Bubdibunda Wagatrawi Benelbong. Every letter. He was called Bettelbong for short. Bettelbong. Uh, Is that where Billabong came from? Can't believe they didn't go with Benny. They should have gone with Benny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bettelbong was said to be smart, charming, and funny. He also had wild mood swings and loved a good fight. <laughs> Bettelbong set out trying to figure out the colonists and what he could get from them. The first thing he realized was that Philip thought he was very important and would do anything to keep him as a friend. So... 
While the Marines and convicts starved, Betelbong was treated to endless amounts of pork. <laughs> While the colonists wore rags, he had two very nice jackets, one red and one yellow that he strolled around in. Oh, my God. That's, there's that double jacket guy again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, as, you can ima- as you can imagine, the dirt-eating convicts were not happy with the big-eating, GQ-wearing black dude wandering around. Oh, man. Then one day, Betelbong escaped. Oh, Philip no. was very hurt, but reports were coming in of Betelbong showing up in front of startled colonists and asking how the governor was doing. <laughs> Wait a second. One day, Betelbong sent a gift, gift of whale blubber. These are awesome times, obviously. Uh, and with it, Philip was invited to celebrate the beaching of a sperm whale on Manly Beach. Philip thought this was it, finally a breakthrough. There would be diplomacy with the Euros. Uh, I, I said it wrong, didn't I? Because now, now I have it written. As I'm you supposed to pronounce now. it. It's all fucked up. Philip went, and he was speared through the back. Whoa. Alrighty. He was dragged to a boat under a hail of stones and spears, barely surviving. So, Billabong, you know, is a... I guess at least his abdomen pains weren't that mysterious anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, the upside is my stomach doesn't hurt as much anymore. <laughs> uh, Philip then sent people to look for Billabong, saying all was forgiven, and he wanted to reconcile. Oh, he lived, huh? Jesus. Yeah, well, he's he's in the nice, bank. Yeah. And he came crawling back. Billabong got the message and returned to Sydney. There he was given his own house. On the, point, on the point of Sydney Cove. So he... <laughs> He's awesome. Just to sum up, he got a couple of jackets. Uh, he made a bunch of food. He ran away. He kept stopping and going, how's everybody doing? And then, uh, and then he said, here's some uh, whale blubber. You want to come to a party? And then at the party, they tried to kill him. And then he's like, hey, do you want a house? Yep. Yeah, but they also took him away from his people and his culture and said, don't worry, we're going to give you two jackets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then an Aboriginal warrior named Pemmel Away was speared, and, uh, and he killed Philip's gamekeeper. His gamekeeper? Yeah, like his, Mine's you know, the his, yeah. Game, <laughs> his games. Not like, it, like uh, Dunge- Dungeons, okay. Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, that's what I thought. Monopoly, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, they, uh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do not touch his Wii U. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, should have just pissed on him. In response, Philip ordered two of the Yora uh, to be captured and beheaded, and ten more to be captured and lynched in front of everyone. Oh. A tit for uh, like a bunch sort of thing. Uh, but when the men went out to catch some of them, they couldn't find any. Eventually, Philip gave up on his awesome random massacre response idea, and uh, soon Philip left the colony in December of 1792. Well, a job well done. He took Benelbong with him and another Aboriginal man who was like, What the fuck? Where are my jackets? (laughs) James Ruse, a convict whose prison term was over, became the first land recipient in New South Wales. The Reverend Johnson finally pulled together enough money to get his church built. And just as quickly, it was burned to the ground by a... (laughs) By a colony atheist. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are tremendous. Uh, 
I knew I liked oh, it here. God, so great. <laughs> Major Ross died in 1794. Lieutenant Clark returned to England the same year. The old gang was breaking up. Phillips' departure left a power vacuum, and with no replacement governor on the horizon, and because no one with a decent military background wanted to go to the nightmare that was New South Wales, the New South Wales corpse rushed in to fill it. Major Francis Gross assumed the lieutenant governorship of the colony. Gross was lazy and fat and couldn't comprehend that he was still being given the same rations as convicts. So his great idea was to have his troops take everything from incoming ships and sell it at highly inflated prices. This is just what a starving population needed. <laughs> Colonists who tried to deal directly with the traders on the ships all had unfortunate accidents. <laughs> the colony magistrates tried to step in to stop the monopoly, so Gross fired them and put his own guys in the positions. Perfect. Now that they had legal control, they started prosecutions against people they didn't like or who were causing them trouble with their profits. Perfect. Then they went a step further and let, let convicts pay to have their sentences shortened. Whoa. Huh. Or they would let someone else pay to have another person's sentence extended. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that one there. Fuck him, yeah. Fuck him. Yeah. Give him another ten. Yeah. Fucking cunt. Uh, <laughs> oh man! So gross. We need to bring that system back. That's just fun. That's fun for it's everybody. Like in school, and you can just keep someone in detention forever. Yeah, yeah, for nothing. Yeah. The gross just wanted to be fat and lazy and not do all the bullshit work. So he appointed uh, John MacArthur, the Inspector of Public Works. The cool thing about MacArthur was that he didn't believe in public works. Wait he a was super into privatizing everything. Probably the wrong so up guy until now, it's like, a, it's like a hippie communal thing, right? Sure. And so now they appoint a guy to be in charge of the hippie communal thing, and he's like, I'm going to change everything. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so he was a, John MacArthur was a Scotsman whose father had made underwear. John was ashamed of his poor underwear-making family, and his, <laughs> his enemies, whom he collected quite a few of, always reminded him of his beginnings and called him Bodus Jack. I'm just so ashamed of my past. My father, he just made underwear <laughs> for kilt people. <laughs> it's unnecessary. Shut up. What did they call Your him? Your underwear, Jack. They called him Bodus Jack. Bodus Jack. Hey, bra man. Uh, he married up, but he thought a military career was the way to get out of this mess. But he was super into not fighting in the military. <laughs> Perfect. And during wartime, he just went AWOL on his Gibraltar regiment while the whole time sending letters demanding he be paid his salary and saying he would return when he was given a good assignment he deemed worthy. <laughs> you don't understand what this is. <laughs> that assignment was New South Wales. The place absolutely no one wanted to go. Anyone with money connections avoided New South Wales like the plague. At this point, so few men wanted to join the corpse that Gross was recruiting deserters from London's military prison. MacArthur and his wife Elizabeth arrived on one of the famous death ships in the second wave. Death ships. That's a good name. 
<laughs> you're like, uh, I don't want to get on that. It says death on the back. <laughs> Where's the serious? Is that around here? <laughs> on the ride over, he complained nonstop about the smell, the location of his cabin, and eventually challenged the captain to a duel. He's a fucking prick, huh? <laughs> Neither men were harmed in the duel, and MacArthur was transferred to a different ship more suited for assholes. I like how it, there's some duels where nothing happens. Where like yeah, you're just, just like, each all other. right, my bad, but yeah. is it, is stop it, that. We tried. Is it a duel with a gun? So yeah, with yeah. a gun. So yeah. it just means they both missed. They yeah. both missed, yeah. Oh, and then I'd, I'd imagine just the just the awkwardness. Yeah. <laughs> as they Bang. stare at each other. Bang. Uh. <laughs> Hungry? You want to get a bite? Or? Yeah. What do you? There's pig downstairs, so we can just eat one of the dead Let's guys. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> Uh, MacArthur set about turning the farms, which just produced food for people to eat, into a money-making venture. It was like, it's like Tony Abbott. It was, his, it was his job to allocate farms, so he started giving all the quality farmland to military men and the shitland to convicts and newly arrived free settlers. For himself, he took 100 acres oh. and then continued to add to it wherever possible. MacArthur then gave each military man 10 convicts to work on their farms, even though the law said they could only have two. At the same time, he made it as difficult as possible for the public farms. They were given all the convicts riddled with tuberculosis and other diseases or had missing limbs. And then he reduced their rations. Back to bandages. There. <laughs> but there was a problem. Not enough English convicts knew how to work the land. Many were from cities. They needed an influx of some hard field working convicts. So, Jesus. here come the Irish. Oh, no. Hey. Oh, that's not good news for anybody. And I'm talking about on the podcast. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. We're ready to fucking farm. <laughs> Hello. Nope. Right over here, we've planted a lot of clovers. And then over there, more clovers. It's all clovers. We're waiting for the rainbow. <laughs> Oh, it's just uh, so good. The Irish were perfectly suited to the task because they'd been living under, the, under British oppression for so long. <laughs> Sir Henry Brown Hayes, the sheriff of Cork, sent the first Irish convicts to Sydney in 1791. Most of these convicts had committed the standard crimes, stealing handkerchiefs. <laughs> handkerchiefs? And I mean... interfering with fish ponds. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> fish what does that even mean? I've got my hand in a fish pond. You get out of there. No. Get out of there. That fish pond is interfering with the fish pond. I'm touching the fish here. You stop interfering. Oh, my. Knock it off. Stop interfering. (laughs) I'm I'm a bad, bad fish pond toucher. I'll give you a handkerchief to leave. <laughs> Just like a group of like six of the baddest kids in school. Yeah. Like, when you go up to Devil's Peak and interfere with Mr. Smith's fish bones. <laughs> you talking about interfering? <laughs> Let's do this. You weren't up there interfering with fish, were you? <laughs> All right, we've had some fun. Some... <laughs> some of the Irish had committed unique crimes, like Mary McLaughlin, who was transported for, quote... Felony of sock. <laughs> Couldn't even get to the handkerchief, did you, huh? Did it, did, it, did it say what that was? No, it didn't say no. what it was. I couldn't find anything about felony of Only sock. Only wearing one or... <laughs> She's got two on one. Yeah. Uh, maybe there were different socks. Oh, how dare she. 
<laughs> Some Irish convicts were never tried or sentenced, but transported simply for the crime of being Irish. <laughs> Irish women could be transported for the crime of homelessness, which was a notch up from prostitute. <laughs> How can you be convicted of not having a home? <laughs> well, they're Irish. What are you doing there? Just living. Fuck off. Why? There you go, in the ship. <laughs> These guys interfered with the ponds. They're called pondvicks. <laughs> uh, so, there was also a thing going on in Ireland where Irish men would kidnap a maiden who had an inheritance. Then he'd bribe a priest to marry them, and then he would take her virginity and go back to the guardian and demand her inheritance. Holy shit. And they couldn't get divorced because the Catholic Church was like, yeah, no divorce. What, what? That so they're basically kidnapping asshole. and raping and then being like, okay, where's my money? Pretty romantic stuff <laughs> uh, in Ireland. Jesus. Uh, this was so common in Ireland that groups of young Irishmen formed abduction clubs. The clubs would pay a household servants for information on their future wives. Then the club would all go kidnap a girl, and one of them would marry her. How? What priest is like... Okay, I, yeah, Irish. this seems right. This seems fine. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, they all yeah. move to Vegas to marry people. Oh, oh, you stole this one then. Okay, good. <laughs> she doesn't look like she wants to marry you. No, she loves me. She loves me. Yeah, because someone would actually have to do it. Like, they have to say, I do, don't they? Like... Yeah. <laughs> so... Well, she's already... She's she, already... This is how you do it. You'd just be like... Do you want to leave? And she'd be like, I do want to leave. He'd be like, she just said I do. Yeah. <laughs> She's mine. Uh, Sir Henry Brown Hayes, the sheriff who had sent the first boatload of Irish people to Sydney, the guy I just discussed a moment ago, was also sent to New South Wales after he abducted Mary Pike, who had been left 20,000 pounds by her grandfather. His mistake was that he didn't check her religion. She was a Quaker, and the Quakers were like, well, just, just divorce him. <laughs> Gotta do your homework. So he was given a life sentence of Australia. Uh, but he was already rich, so he got to build himself a nice big house in New South Wales, and he also brought 500 tons of imported Irish grass, which he thought would keep the snakes away. He has to be right, right? <laughs> Never heard of an expression that says anything different. <laughs> This'll do it. Perfect. Now we can't see him. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Once uh, in the colony, the Irish set about trying to escape. In 1792, a group of 21 Irish escaped Sydney and started walking to China. Everyone knows you have to dig to get there. <laughs> Trust me. Huh? Oh, All right. Is this China yet? I just swell with pride when I read about my ancestors. What? Uh, and so, yeah. So they believe that uh, <laughs> at a considerable distance to the, to the northward, there was a large river which separated Australia from the, uh, the back part of China. And that when it was crossed, they would find themselves among a copper-colored people who would receive them and treat them kindly. And they'd order the number 55. <laughs> 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 How long can that walk go? They thought it was a river. Sorry. It's a fucking big river, huh? 
Oh, jeez. Fucking river goes on for a while. <laughs> she's a large one. I didn't know. <laughs> one of them died on the third day of fatigue. Then they were attacked by Aborigines, and one was killed. Several others were roughed up pretty good. Then they reached their destination and realized the river to China was fucking huge. Yeah. So river. they went back to Sydney and told everyone that they were really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a hankering for Chinese. Now, at this point, all these Irishmen had run off and were living in the bush and just coming in and raiding the colonists for food. Uh, so they, uh, the Irish were all escaping. Another group of Irish decided to escape and head down south to the, quote, secret white empire that was supposed to be 300 miles away. It's like the Irish think they're living in Lord of the fucking Rings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go defeat the dragon. <laughs> They're just making up ideas. anything. They're just making it up. I'm going to the Shire. That's right. I've always if you open this wardrobe, look inside. It's a magical world. <laughs> I've always wondered how long. I mean, it would destroy the friendship, but I've always wondered how long you could get a really close friend to do just weird stuff by just saying, I, I'm, I can't tell you, but just trust me. <laughs> <laughs> and just see how long they can go on for until... <laughs> And just like, I'm not putting my foot in a bucket of urine again. And it's just like, like okay, okay, there was no plan. <laughs> you got me. You got me. I just wanted to see how this long I This isn't a river. Yeah. I just wanted to see how long I could do it for. Seven years, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I've been putting my food in that bucket. <laughs> so the secret white empire was supposed to be 300 miles away. And because so many Irish have been dying in their escape attempts, the governor said, that's fine, but I'm giving you a guide. So off they went on a sanctioned escape. <laughs> they did not find the secret white empire, but they did discover koalas. All right. There's the so there you go. Uh, but the Irish were vital to the economy of New South Wales. The English imports had slowed down because of the uh, war with Napoleon. I was hoping the next thing would be, and they teamed up. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Came back. <laughs> yeah, be right. great. The movie poster's just an Irish guy with a koala. Like, mm. <laughs> we're different, but we're alike. <laughs> Party on the koala. So everyone wanted an Irishman. They were the thing to have. Between Wait, what? They were like a beanie baby? Well, they, they fucking came in and they worked and they, uh, you know, they did the job unless they, es they, unless they tried to shit. escape and they're clearly not bright. I'm going to a magic cloud! <laughs> Between 1788 and 1868, one quarter of all convicts arriving were Irish and half of all convict women were Irish. Now, up until 1793, New South Wales was supposed to be a dry colony, but then a ship named Hope rolled into the harbor. Uh, <laughs> you've got to be fucking Perfect. kidding me. <laughs> I mean, how is this not a movie? Just yeah. keep... The American owner would not sell grouse, the food and supplies on the ship, unless he also bought the rum. So, he bought the rum and sold it to his officers, who then sold it at a huge markup. By the end of the year, the corpse were importing stills and killing anyone who was making moonshine. Now, there was a lack of money in the colony, so bartering was the way to do business. Workers were paid in sugar, tobacco, and handkerchiefs. Uh, I mean, really, it's time to just shake them. They're just for you. They're is, is fucking there, dumb. Is there a reveal about why they were so coveted at the end of this? Like, I, uh, I could not find anything about the handkerchiefs. Uh, 
It's just like it, everyone it was, was like, just yeah, like in it was, vogue. It yeah, was just, just, yeah, you just pay them in handkerchiefs. Uh, as if, as if no one in history has been like, like why? Yeah, yeah, like no one asked. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we are. Thank earning, you, Maiden. We are earning some money tonight. You must. You I must have been sitting it. here the whole time, like, what the you know, fuck is wrong with you that? You know what I see it. I see it now. I see it. Yeah. I get it. It wow. all makes sense now. It's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Now yeah. I get it. Yep. Thank you for your stuff. Oh, thing. you can comment it. David, 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 David. I just David. had an idea. I had an David. idea. I had an idea. That would make more sense to me, though. Sorry. Thank you for this. It was at this point that the convicts, quote, preferred receiving liquor for labor to every other article or provisions or clothing that could be offered them. Jealous? Yeah. <laughs> So now all they just want to be paid in liquor. They were like, yeah, we don't need clothes or food or whatever. Just give us liquor. <laughs> we're naked and we want booze. The convicts received their wages by the bottle or jug. The consumption of liquor led to gambling and other vices. One man wrote, to such excess was this pursuit carried among the convicts that some had been known, after losing provisions, money, and all their spare clothing, to have staked and lost the very clothes on their wretched backs, standing in the midst of their associates as naked and as indifferent about it as the unconscious natives of the country. Uh, full circle. So now they're just drunk and standing around naked. We all have that friend. <laughs> Alexandro Maraspina, a Spaniard who visited Sydney in 1793, was amazed by all the new drunks who wanted to play cards with him. <laughs> I think you guys misunderstand strip poker. <laughs> Just naked drunk guys like, you find see a game of cards. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have anything to uh, play with. I've just got to meet Dick and some yeah, cards. Man. But do you want to play cards? I'll deal. No, I can't bet anything. It's how you know nobody's cheating. I can let you touch me pubes if you win. Because they, you know, in the height of the party and the drunkenness, that's fine. But they would have also had to sober up and just do mundane stuff as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Naked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They like, just wake up and they're just naked. They're like, uh, oh, gotta, gotta get to work. <laughs> gotta go to work. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Jim. Just punching in. <laughs> how you doing? Oh, it was a rough one the whole yeah. month. <laughs> I have no clothes still. Someone had some bad luck last night. <laughs> what about the guy who's just oh just got a pair of underwear left? He's yeah. like, oh fuck. I hope I don't get drunk tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God, I keep shedding them. It's getting harder and harder to hide. It's getting, are... it's getting harder to hide my homosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> All the handkerchiefs in the world. <laughs> 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 uh, he wrote the colonists continued abuse of liquor and frequent at times baseless duels <laughs> baseless duels are great <laughs> just getting drunk and morning just, just, what a duel just naked guys getting drunk and shooting at each other for nothing welcome to Australia there that should be the flag of, there would have been a couple of guys too They're like Jim did you lose all your money as well no <laughs> Then why don't you have any clothes? Yeah, they're just there. 
<laughs> yeah, I got a whole closet full. <laughs> I was hanging out with Benelbong last night. I've got two jackets. <laughs> um, uh, he believed, the, the Spaniard also believed the colony's moral laxity was most apparent in its women who, quote, approach announcing the price at which they sell their favors. Favors. Hello. Favors like, do you need help cleaning stuff? <laughs> Hello, $14 for me, pussy. How are you? <laughs> Welcome. This is eight. These are four. That's two. What's your name? <laughs> so where are you from? <laughs> where are you from? Do you want to go ahead and fuck me? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, you guys are the most insane country ever. It makes I mean, I thought we were bad. We were just killing everybody. You guys were fucking having a party. <laughs> it's better. It's just a nonstop party. It's better. Thank God meth didn't come. Yeah. <laughs> and then the ship of meth came. <laughs> oh, toothless set sail. This <laughs> year. They're just smoking their eye teeth out. <laughs> Oh, God. Despite all this, the colony was becoming prosperous in appearance with stately homes springing up. Agriculture expanded, and the threat of famine receded. And Australia had its first baby boom. Less and less people would naked? Well, but it was also, even though there are people naked, and there's clearly a lot of drunken Irishmen around, it on some levels is succeeding with the farms. And, like, so, so well, it's like uh, America. So there's a bunch of rich people, and then there's a bunch of people with no clothes on <laughs> but eventually being naked became like smoking in restaurants it was like do you want clothes do you want naked where do you want to yeah. <laughs> smoking on oh let's put a handkerchief down before you sit down oh, you? sorry <laughs> fancy don't want your bottom on the seat okay so there was a baby boom because everyone was drunk and naked it's pretty not it's pretty hard happen. not hard to figure that one out yep. uh just everyone's like you're naked i'm naked should we just let's just put it in there also, when it was just like a, like a packed tram or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was like accidental, like, my God, I think uh, I just sorry. impregnated you. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I'm Daryl. Uh, booze came to Australia, and then there were a bunch of babies. That's how it happens. Uh, they began opening up shops and taverns, right? So stuff sure. started to happen. It was becoming an actual place to be. Pie face. Pie face. <laughs> <laughs> Pie, pie face open. Soon there would be maccas. Uh, sure, there would be uh, upcoming fights with the Aboriginal people, but they were they were uh, they were moving past their were starving to death phase. They were actually becoming a right. colony. It's happening. But yeah, they were. They were, there was no threat of it ending now. Mm. Um, of course, there are still naked people. <laughs> fewer and fewer, though. Um, like we'll go back to the guy who stole the hair. Like he's I was a, hoping he's a good, we would. He's a, good, he's a good indication of how things went. John Nichols uh, was an assistant with a hair merchant before he took his sweet load of hair <laughs> and was arrested. Uh, he was married to a woman on one of the transport ships. I like to think he, had a, he was bold and had a hot date that night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to get me some hair. <laughs> oh, look, it's just a big pile. Mm. If, only, if only there was some powder. 
<laughs> I've got a chicken. We're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> um, so he married a woman on one of the transport ships, Mary Carroll, but then she was sent to another colony, and that was the end of that marriage. Uh, he was sentenced to seven years at Botany Bay for stealing the hair. He was on one of the first fleet ships. He settled in July 1791 on a 30-acre grant at Prospect Hill. Wow. He was described as a former gardener and had two of his acres cultivated by December. He frequently ro was robbed by the runaway convicts who plundered him incessantly. That uh, seems that was a common problem. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> They're like rodents. Come on. Fuck, I'm... I wish I wasn't just a hair thief. You keep plundering. Stop plundering. Enough. Nichols was a victim of runaway soldiers in uh, August 1793 who entered his house and held him prisoner while they hid there overnight. By the mid-1800, mid Nichols lived on a 60-acre farm at Prospect, which he had bought from another colonist. He had 40 acres in wheat with 12 ready for planting corn. He owned a horse and 34 hogs. He's a successful farmer, and he supported one woman, a child, six free men, and two convicts. In August 1803, he married Anne Pugh, a convict, and they had several children in the following years. He was recorded in subsequent years as a landholder of various properties by grant and purchase and still a gardener. He died in December 1822, and he was buried at Sydney, aged 67, and he had 12 children. So... By this Jesus. time, it's kind of working out. The guys who had come on the first ship, sure, there's, there's naked Irish people over the place, but, <laughs> but a lot of people are getting their shit together. But they're and like then, a gang now, not a but population. You also, you also need the naked Irish people because you need workers. Yeah, but you don't need naked Irish people. I mean, <laughs> you need their skills. Look, the you moral... You throw a handkerchief over their dick. The moral of the story is, is uh, steal hair. <laughs> not there's anything wrong with... Being bald, and I apologize for my last comment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That so is a great origin story. That, did you like? That's the origin story. You guys story should be really proud. Australia. Now Gareth knows about your history. How do you, I don't know how you guys feel about it. Do you guys know that stuff? Because it's... I mean, you didn't know that, right? It's fucked up. That's phenomenal. The problem, we, And the problem I guess we both have now is that as a... As a... Both countries, we were there second, but you can't leave. Because I guess the, the, both, the indigenous people in both of our countries, like the, the, the actual solution would be to just go, sorry, and everyone goes. <laughs> we were misled. Yeah. Yeah, my, my bad. And uh, then, uh, but we can't, and then that's where we're at now. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much where we're at now, yeah. yeah. Well... I, decide, I decided not to go into all the, the killing of the native peoples because... Uh, Thanks, because I, I didn't have a lot of singers about it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We'd find them. We'd find them. It's a fun space to play in. And I want to say, there were so many people who were like, you got to do it about the emu war. The emu war. And then I read up on them, I'm like, well, that'd be a great... 12-minute podcast. The emu war? Yeah, there's a war against birds. Congratulations, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you're scraping the bottom of the barrel for battles. Let's fight birds! They killed the goat! 
that's it. You gonna All be right. anywhere? You got any gigs to? <laughs> I feel like they're gonna kill me. <laughs> oh, did you want your handkerchief back? They're worth a lot, huh? Did you? <laughs> I've already sort of fallen in love with the look. <laughs> I get it now. Uh, I'll be at the Imperial at 11.15 tonight. <laughs> he's so... Blocked. He's so, he's so over the flappers joke. <laughs> he's like, uh, if I see one more goddamn flappers uh, joke online, I'm going to kill somebody. Uh. <laughs> oh, and we should say we're selling those posters. We're going to sell posters out of the show. I don't know if you saw James Fosdyke did an uh, Australian Down Under poster, which will be selling out there. I just realized we don't have change. Um... <laughs> That'll be good. And, uh, and my show, Hothead. I mean, there's 450 of you here tonight, so if it's not sold out, you're a bunch of cunts. I don't know, I don't know how else to say that. I think I said that right. You said that right. Very yeah. diplomatic. Uh, and then uh, I'll be on TV. Uh, in, uh, I'm filming a, a Crackers International show. It's Sydney. So I think it's going to air in June. And that's just where you eat a bunch of saltines, right? <laughs> uh, well, we just, it's not that. It's we discuss our international crackers and, uh, and yours. And you guys have one called Shapes, uh, <laughs> which is the laziest fucking name of any cracker Shapes. of all time. Let's just call it Shapes. <laughs> Couldn't you call anything Ooh. that? Yeah, you yeah. can call anything Literally Shapes. Anything can be called anything Shapes. Can be called shapes. <laughs> Yeah, but we'll try the chicken ones. That's not the point. How's your racist beer? Uh, good. Mm. It's, it's, did you ever get your Asahi, or did you get a different kind? Oh, this is a, it's pure, but it's, it's a low carb. If you want an uh, Asahi, we can cross the river out there. And just, <laughs> <laughs> snack. All right. Well, guys, Japanese. Uh, we are going to walk to China, and uh, I appreciate you guys coming. Yeah, thank you thank very you much. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs>